Welcome to Gucci Row on the Rebel HD2. I'm your host, Kevin Kelly, with co-host Will Despart. Sitting Gucci Row like they say up at UNLV. Thanks for tuning in to our courtside conversations covering all things NBA. Young Rebel, young money, nothing you can tell me. Welcome back, y'all. Gucci Row. My name's Kevin Kelly. Will Despart. We're back, man. Uh, how you feeling, Will? Pretty good. How about you? Good, man. We're about to... Uh, I'm about to be back in a little trip in New York. We got a little uh, hiatus coming up before the um, start of the season, so feeling good. Ready to get to back to watching some basketball. I've been fiending for anything. <laughs> yes, sir. I agree. But... um. With that, the uh, FIBA stuff has kind of started, so I'm taking a peek at that, and then um, once the actual games get going, you know, we'll all be tuned in there, so that's good stuff. Um, yeah, not too much going on around the league, but we'll talk a little bit about contract stuff and uh, just get to some, some more news revolving ownership, and then, um, yeah, if we have uh, time, we'll talk a bit about the uh, uh, odds for the awards coming up for this season, and then... Um, Lastly, uh, a bit of a TikTok trend that I want to bring back to here. So to start, um, the one bit of news I want to really get on is uh, Jalen Brown, who signed his um, impending extension, which was five years, $303 million Supermax, um, which makes it the largest contract in NBA history. And uh, he'll be making $69 million in in the last season. Um, absurd. So, yeah, the, uh, the Celtics... They were able to avoid a, a player option in the last year, so he's solidified to all those. But um, they had to give him – he secured a trade kicker. So if they do end up moving him, um, his his price goes up and he makes more money than if he stays there. Uh, yeah, and then since he signed that, he can't be moved for a year um, after the extension. So as we saw for the last few years constant talks of whether they'll split the jays up and if he'll go somewhere else that uh looks like it's going to be on hold at least for a while because uh, he's got a year um so yeah i guess overall do you like the contract do you think it's a bad move do you think it's the better of the two evils um yeah i mean i don't like it i think i don't think he commands that kind of money but i also don't really think they should let him go so i guess it is the lesser of two evils yeah I agree. I mean, I don't think it's uh, that bad of an evil because although the numbers seem insane right now, and they are, especially considering the new CBA, it's these contracts around the league are going to go up like $30 million a year this year versus in five years is, is entirely different um, and just looked at differently. But yeah, I think you had to. I mean, the the only other option was to, to let him go and uh, with them bringing in Porzingis, I think even though it's a lot to deal with later on, for for now, I think that they're in the best opportunity they could be in. And around the league, you look around the league, they have one of the better rosters going in for contention this year. And and also they made the conference finals or the finals five of the seven years that he's been on the Celtics. Um, so you know something like that has to be rewarded, especially considering he's been over twenty two points a game for the last handful of years um so do your personal expectations change or since he's signed are you just looking for the team's success to stay there and maybe win a ring and not necessarily an individual jump 
Well, I think they definitely need to win a ring to justify the contract, right? I mean, that's they've been so close without it. I mean, mm-hmm. they have to get to the next level eventually. They have to win it, so yeah, that's where I stand. That's fair. I, you know, he averaged 26.5 points per game last year, almost seven rebounds, a little over three assists per game, and he shot a career-low 33.5% from three. So, like, I guess that last bit is the only real individual – um, measure that I'm looking for him to jump. I don't care if he's at 26 or 23 points per game, getting seven or five rebounds. None of that really is that important to me as a second option. Like you said, as long as they're you know one of the best teams in the league and able to contend, and hopefully, if you're a Celtics fan, win a ring. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess the biggest, like I said, the biggest measure is I think he's really got to shoot better this year. And uh, as we saw with all the memes about him not having a left hand, I think it'd be nice to see him just improve a bit on the handle and be in a position where that doesn't get exploited in the playoffs. For sure. Um, Because, yeah, like, I know, (laughs) I forget who it was. Someone um, in the playoffs, on the Heat this year, they asked him uh, about about sending Jalen left and if that was, like, starting to become the... (laughs) The um the plan of action and basically the answer was no that's been the plan of action <laughs> like we're trying to send him left everyone knows this um so yeah that those are just the two things I think that would really need to build upon to make this uh, real justified um yeah moving on to the um more I hate that we have to talk, still talk about it without any real update but <laughs> more Damian Lillard stuff um. You know, there's not a lot of update to go off of, but there is a report I saw this morning from NBA Trade Report with hashtag sources that weren't named. So, you know, I always take that with a big grain of salt. But uh, they said that there's another Dark Horse East team that entered the running for Dame, similar to how the Cavs swooped in for Spida when everyone thought the Knicks. Um, yeah, how do you feel about the source? Trust me, bro. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's something there. I don't think it's probably that, but I'm I'm sure there's other people making offers. And when those that kind of stuff gets leaked, there's usually motivation behind it. So whether it's true or not, there's some motive behind that being released. Mm-hmm. I, I just I'm sick of people not <laughs> naming their sources or like, uh, yeah, hiding behind a, a hashtag. But it also reminds me of like there was earlier this week I saw uh, – this uh, report came out from Brian Scalabrini about um, at Tatum's camp, Cooper Flagg, who was like one of the best players in high school, was reportedly playing 1v1 with Brad Beal and like bullying him <laughs> and uh, I guess talking his stuff and uh, Brad Beal got like entirely upset. And I hate to even bring this up because I saw a lot of people like the trainer Drew Hanlon and other people around the league come out and say that that is just entirely fake. <laughs> But so, yeah, just those kind of updates, like, I don't know. It's tough to know what's real and what's not sometimes. Sure. Um, But so so that said, um, if those reports are true, who do you think that third team, I mean, the uh, Dark Horse team for Dame might be? Sixers. Mm. That's a good one. That's one I didn't think of, but probably should have, especially with, you know, the fact that Harden is going to be moved. Uh that's a really good one. I think that I like his fit next to uh, Joel a lot more than um, uh, Harden 
two. I guess my my two picks would be sort of the obvious ones. I guess Raptors and uh, Nets. I think that um the Raptors really need someone who's just <laughs> gonna want to shoot it and shoot it a lot, and that's what Tyler does. He's shown that he can score on volume off the bench in the starting lineup. Uh, yeah, and then I, also the Nets, obviously, who are in a, a really good spot to um, to try and get another young guy in who's got uh, more room to grow like he does. So, um, yeah, those are the uh, the two that I think. I, why do you think Sixers? What do you like about that? I just think it makes the most sense as far as, like, a competitive window. I think they're going to lose Harden, obviously. They're going to need someone to replace him, and I don't think they're just going to mail it in right now. I think they're going to be aggressive knowing they have to capitalize on Embiid's window. I kind of wonder what that package would look like. Obviously, Harden's included, but is Harden going to Portland, or is he rerouted to a third team? Um, Do you have to include more young assets? I'd say Uh, Maxi probably gets included to go to Portland. Harden mm. probably would go to a third team. And then have other uh, role-playing assets come back to the Sixers. Yeah. I think that's probably the best route honestly that's something i'd like to see happen just uh even just as sad as it would be as a heat fan just to see the whole dame saga come to an end (laughs) but um uh yeah i guess uh and that's one other i guess i would like to see uh dame i mean hero land is um somewhere like the jazz or even the spurs just like a west even though they're not part of the report a Western Conference team that uh, is at the bottom, has a lot of room to grow, shots to give up. <laughs> I think that, yeah, uh, I don't know if <laughs> if you want to see him taking a lot of shots from Wemby, but I think it'd be uh, fun to watch at the very least. I mean, I don't think Wemby is going to be carrying the offense his first year. So Yeah, that's a good point. You get a veteran in there, I don't think it could hurt. Yeah. Um, and so another uh, piece of news that came out this week the NBA announced that the uh, Orlando Magic and Atlanta Hawks will play a regular season game in Mexico City on November 9th. And it marks the 32nd NBA game in Mexico since 1992. Um, so just a little bit, do you think they should expand uh, international play, either if it's regular season or preseason? I just think, like, you know, with the league being so global, uh, it's really engaging for foreign fans to be able to have that firsthand experience, like, you know, I went to Dortmund versus Man City in Vegas, and you were able to come with us to uh, Milan versus Barca. And I just think that's huge for the sport and for the American support. I guess just foreign support. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you see those two things coming together. Yeah, it's definitely big for the support, but I would say that it needs to happen in the preseason mostly because adding international travel to the 82-game grind is not fair. That's a really good point. Um yeah, I think even, like, because, you know, the time that we're here between, like, the end of July after a lot of the free agency stuff is done and the beginning of training camp, besides FIBA, like, there's not really any basketball going on. Like, I agree. I think that would be a perfect time to do, like, a, a tour, whether it's, like, you just pick one continent or whatever and, and do that each year. Yeah. And, like, like I mentioned, like, even being – someone who just recently a few years ago started watching and getting into soccer like that game does a lot for to be able to go and witness like players of that caliber 
um, that you're not able to see in your country, like I think that that does a whole lot for um, one's interest in a league. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I guess uh, continuing on the magic, their owners, the DeVos family, just donated uh, $50,000 to Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' super PAC called Never Back Down. Yay. <laughs> yeah, um, fun stuff. But the the Magic partnered with Disney in 2010, and their logo has been on the jersey since 2017. So um, it seems like a little bit of a conflict of interest there. <laughs> I mean, if I was Disney, I would just tell them to scram, honestly. Like, just take my ball and go home and support DeSantis, who's been, like, openly tyrannical against Disney. Might I add the biggest business in Florida. Like, yeah. I mean, not just against Disney, but against the people there, too. But in this case, Disney. Right. And, yeah, I mean, Disney is the one per- per- entity in Florida that can flex its muscle on the government. So Yeah, it seems like there's um, – it shouldn't just fly as is. Someone in over at Disney or in the Magic should uh, say, like, hey, this is uh, too contradictory for us to just They always say, don't mess by. with the mouse. <laughs> I'm not messing with the mouse. Yeah. Um, which I, I guess t- to add a little context, um, Richard DeVos is the, the original owner of the magic. Um, and his son, Dan is the current chairman. Uh, Dan's sister-in-law, Betsy DeVos is the former chair of the Michigan Republican party. And, uh, she served as the secretary of education under Trump. So, you know, obviously a lot of, uh, uh Republican ties in that family, um, from the jump, but yeah, they had never like, nor has any team NBA team like, given that much public support to any politician, um, of of like of of that big of a a donation. So um the the players association came out with a statement saying a political contribution from the Orlando Magic is alarming given recent comments and policies of its beneficiary. NBA governors, players, and personnel have the right to express their personal political views, including through donations and statements. However, if contributions are made on behalf of an entire team, using money earned through the labor of its employees, it is incumbent upon the team governors to consider the diverse values and perspective of staff and players. The Magic's donation does not represent player support for the recipient. Um, Yeah, I think you put players in a pretty rough situation there yeah for sure besides jonathan isaac (laughs) yeah he's probably pumped yeah famed fox news hero he even play in orlando anymore is he just like a full-time um i mean he went through like two and a half years of knee injury issues um yeah he came back and immediately got hurt again the only time i see him is when he's like on fox on stage with preachers and like (laughs) yeah yeah, he just launched his... I don't even want to get it. <laughs> he just launched an anti-woke pro-Christian apparel brand. And, uh, yeah, his first shoot, the Air Judah Ones. Have, the Air Judah Ones. <laughs> have been getting that's unanimously hilarious. clowned online. Um, so, yeah, that's been funny. But, yeah, I just think... Are um, they, like, sandals? No, they look like uh, like what Nike running shoes look like in, like, 2011, kind of. Oh, great. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I, I guess like just overall my thoughts there is like, 
um, like they said in the beginning of the statement, like uh, ownership, whoever, staff, whatever, you're 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 free to, you know, voice your views, support what you want through um, statements, money, whatever you want. But when you when you put it behind an entire organization, um, and it's standing on strong values that definitely don't represent the feelings of all the staff and players you get into pretty tricky territory especially like you mentioned when you have a a sponsor like like disney for sure but uh moving on um we're gonna just get into uh some of the awards for the upcoming season and uh odds around them ones we think are unfair or maybe some sleepers uh if you want to open with the mvp odds feel free yeah i mean Got Jokic at plus 400, Doncic at plus 500, Antetokounmpo plus 550, Embiid 600, Tatum 900, some other names, Steph at plus 1400, and SGA and Dame at plus 1300 or 2300. Mm-hmm. Um, out of all those, I would say the best value right now is Tatum, honestly, at 900. However, I would say my pick is Luka. Mm. So... I I think that Luca will probably get cannibalized by Kyrie, um, assuming that he, they stay healthy. But so my pick, I think the best value there is uh, currently SGA, um, and it it turns to Dame if he gets moved. But I think my pick is SGA. I think he was ended up like fourth or something on MVP voting last year. The team should be significantly better um, this year with like less weight on his shoulders specifically. So if I had to put one name right now, um, it would definitely be him. Uh, to get into the Rookie of the Year odds, we have Victor at the top <laughs> at minus 200, followed by Scoot Henderson at plus 350, Chet at plus 500, Brandon Miller at plus 950, and Amen Thompson at plus 1,500. So I was going to throw down right now. I'd probably go Amen Thompson at plus 1,500. I mean, Wembenyama at minus 200, sure, whatever. But that's not good value, especially because he is probably going to struggle a little bit, especially because we saw in Summer League with his conditioning was a little subpar. He's got to get stronger. So, I mean, he could struggle a little bit his first year. I mean, and you got a guy like Amen Thompson who's going to be in, like, a guard wing type role. Right. And like, like you mentioned earlier, like, he might not be a 35% usage offense driver. Like, Victor is good for so many reasons other than just yeah. having the ball in his hand. Um, So I think I think Amen's a good pick. The only um thing I'd push back on is that uh, I don't know. I think that he should – be like six seventh man if not starting but i don't know really how much playing time he'll have guaranteed when you talk about um fred coming in and they also obviously have kpj and Jalen, and um yeah i mean if he gets the the time i think that amen is certainly the best value there the other sleeper i had is Keontae George, who was phenomenal in the summer league for the Jazz. And, you know, the Jazz are obviously a team that have a lot of uh, shots to be taken. Uh, He's coming off an ankle injury, which is the only thing that um, makes me pause. But 
his odds have been anywhere I've seen from like 2,500 to 8,000. So anywhere as high as that, I mean, I'd, I'd definitely take that. Um, the six man of the year odds for some reason are, uh, after searching around, not available many places at all. Uh, FanDuel just has two names, Brogdon and Powell at plus 850 and 900 respectively. Probably not too much to speak on with this one. Um, but I, I guess Brogdon would be a really good choice, especially with uh, with Smart leaving and assuming that Derek White is going to start. Um, I think that he has all the room for the Celtics to come out and win that. It's probably just because they don't really know who's going to be in each six-man role, so you can't really like accurately handicap it. Yeah, that's fair. And like early injuries might put someone in the running who wouldn't have been, um, things like that. But so to move on. Uh, defensive player of the year if you want to go through those odds we got Jaron Jackson at plus 550 Giannis Antetokounmpo plus 700 Mobley at 700 Anthony Davis plus 1000 Adebayo plus 1000 Joel Embiid plus 1400 Brooke Lopez plus 1400 those are the front runners I would say my pick is Mobley at plus 700 Mm. because he was close enough last year I think he was like the voting didn't end up that close, but for the most of the season, he was like up neck and neck with Jaron Jackson for the voting. So I would probably say he gets the narrative on his side this year. Here's a more interesting question: What is the worst value of those names? Probably Jaron Jackson, mm. because because of the odds to win second two in a row, you're gonna have to be phenomenal. Like yeah. especially with the defensive player of the year, you're gonna have to be like Gobert level, like. And they just lost Dylan Brooks, yeah, I who mean. was a pretty menacing perimeter guy. Um, so, yeah, I think worst value for me, uh, I don't think Jaron's a terrible pick. I'm going to say, despite him uh, doing so well in it last year, I'm going to say Mobley just because if it's anything like, hopefully it's not, if it's anything like we saw in that Knicks series, um, he really was kind of getting bullied down though so that's playoff ball though that's not sure. regular season ball sure but he's also again like uh um jared allen there who's a really good defender and they uh yeah i think like i mentioned with the cannibalization and mvp i think it's tough like t- to win that when you have another healthy um uh really good defender like that on the team which brings me to my, my biggest best value I have no idea how he's so low, but Robert Williams uh, is at like plus five thousand on almost everything everywhere I saw, which is insane because they just lost the Celtics just lost their rating defensive player of the year. But I think it's really important to mention. I don't see it talked about a lot, but that Marcus Smart defensive player of the year, <laughs> like mid to mid March, Robert Williams was like. Did, like minus to win the defensive player of the year and then got hurt and uh smart just jumped up way like five spots even though it was if he stayed healthy it was guaranteed to be time lord so i think if their defense is really good it'd be hard not to give it to him yeah i mean we'll see i think he kind of fell out of like the narrative last year with his injury i think people kind of like forgot about him a little bit so we'll see if he can establish himself again mm-hmm so that brings us to uh, most improved. The um, odds follow 
Mikhail Bridges first at plus 650, and then we jump all the way down to plus 1,200 for Tyrese Maxey, and then plus 1,400 for Cade Cunningham, 1,600 for Jordan Poole, and plus 1,800 for Alfred Sengun. Um, you know, I, I could see why the odds are the way they are. Mikhail is in a, just a perfect opportunity to jump up six points per game and... Uh, yeah, he's got a lot more volume coming his way, and um, yeah, I, th- I think that that's a a pretty, despite there being a six hundred, uh, uh, whatever odds difference between there, I think that I'd probably take Mikhail. Yeah, it's fair. I agree with that. I think the other one that I'd mention is uh, Devin Vassell, who, as we mentioned earlier, is going to be playing with Vic, who. Don't get me wrong, it's not like he's going to take five shots a game, but he's not like a ball in his hand all the time, 40% usage guy. So I think that um, the Spurs are going to be a lot more successful. So if there's a guy there that's able to up his numbers a bit while their team success goes way up, uh, he'd have a really good chance at winning that. And then lastly, the, maybe the toughest one is uh, Coach of the Year, which is, you know, pretty tough to predict. But uh, it is Spolstra at plus 800, Michael Malone at plus 900, Joe Mazzulla at plus 900, Nick Nurse at plus 900, Mark Dagnall at plus 900, Adrian Griffin at plus 1,000, Frank Vogel at plus 1,200, Taylor Jenkins at plus 1,400, and J.B. Bickerstaff at plus 1,600. It's interesting how many of those are new. Uh, You know, Frank Vogel, Adrian Griffin, both new in their um, teams. Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse, too, yeah. I'm surprised to see Spo up at the the front. He's, despite being a top fifteen coach ever, has never won his um, coach of the year. So that's pretty crazy. Yeah. So I'm gonna hope that that's this year. <laughs> yeah. If he hasn't won it yet, maybe they'll just throw him a bone this year if the Heat are fine. Yeah. If there's not like um uh, a Mike Brown from last year, you know, like yeah. So that one, yeah. And then I guess just we'll close off with talking um. Uh, if teams that we might see as having a big jump or fall. Um, so we'll, we'll start with jumps. I think two of them you could mention are the um, some of the bottom feeders on the East. The Magic, who went 34 and 48, and uh, I think could probably add like five, six, seven wins to that pretty easily um, just with their development and bringing in AB and... Uh, yeah, hopefully consolidating the roster a bit. And then Pistons, who only won 17 games last year, I think with a healthy Cade and the um, talent that they have, the young talent on that roster, they could uh, gain 10 wins pretty, pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, I could see the Pelicans, obviously. I think if Zion can get back at any reasonable rate. Yeah, they, they're, they're one of those teams that shows spurts each year that like they yeah. could be a 15 over type of team uh, on that same wavelength the timberwolves obviously have you know between the twin towers and ant who's uh, emerging as a superstar i think they could one of these years take a big jump yeah i think that'll require like a big mvp type season from ant but it could be coming yeah and i think you said it right it won't be from cat it'll be from ant yeah and they'll either be with cat there to help or moving him for pieces that fit better um and then, yeah, just to, to close out with some of the falls, these are kind of tougher to predict. Um, 
the the Grizzlies to me is the most obvious one because they were twenty games over five hundred the two seed last year. And now they're gonna have they're gonna be without their um, young MVP candidate for twenty five games, which uh, is guaranteed to hurt them a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be tough. I think the Kings. I think they'll be fine. Honestly, like I could see them being a regression candidate, but I think they'll probably maybe a few games less but i think they'll probably stay around the same yeah i don't i don't think it'll be anything on them i just think the west is going to be a bit tougher this year uh yeah and it's mostly around the seed i don't think that 48 and 34 is like a super unachievable record again but the 3 seed will yeah, be tough fair. to maintain that's fair and then yeah the last two i have is the sixers who have a lot of question marks going on obviously Harden is on the move. We don't know where he's going to go or what the asset return is going to look like. This um, They obviously drop way off this, this list of falls if they end up with Damian Lillard, but um, in a lot of scenarios I could see them going from 54-28, and 28, which is an incredible record, to yeah losing like yeah at least five wins. So. Yeah. And then the last one I said is the Nets, who... You know, went forty-five and thirty-seven last year, but a lot of that is just based off the team that they had up until the uh, trade deadline. And you know, they're obviously coming in with a lot less of a win-now roster. So, yeah, that's uh, that's about all we have today. I again, I appreciate y'all for tuning in, Kevin Kelly. Well, that's part. I appreciate it. That's a wrap for Gucci Row this week. Thanks for tuning in on the Rebel HD2 with your hosts, Kevin Kelly and Will Despard. You can find us on Instagram at 1KevKelly and Will Despard. We'll see you next time on the Rebel HD2.